Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first official episode of the Unscripted Introverts podcast. I am your co-host, Tavian, and here is your co-host, Taylor. Hey, how's it going, guys? All right. So this is our first official episode, Taylor. Um, uh, For those who don't know, we had an unofficial episode. Most likely will go down after the recording of this one. Um, It was more of a test run, but... We uh, tried to iron some kinks out, um, see how it would uh, look. Do it was a more of, of a uh, it was more of a test run just to see how it would turn out. You know, see what kind of structure we wanted to go for. You know, what we wanted to drive for when it came to this podcast. Yeah, and we uh, figured figured a good amount of things out. Um, and to all those who had any form of feedback, thank you. Um, I'm very grateful for it. Because uh, we were able to improve, at least from what we believe. So, all right, let's get to the first topic that we have now. So, Taylor, something big happened today. The Call of Duty Vanguard trailer it uh, dropped today. Yes. And uh, we had just watched it for the show. And I want to get your raw and honest opinions about it. Well, I saw that it was a World War II era. I know we already had... Two, maybe three games related to that era. World at War being one example. 100% great game. One of my top favorites. Um, the next one that comes to mind is World War Two. That one I wasn't really a big fan of. I didn't. I think it was more of the gun variants and the supply drops I, that they tried to take from the previous games. That ruined it for me. I don't know about you. I'll go on record saying Call of Duty World War Two is one of the worst first-person shooter games I have ever played holy shit, that game is fucking trash. No, like, you know what? Infinite Warfare. I feel like no, 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 in no, no, the Taylor. Call of Duty franchise, Infinite Warfare was the let worst. Me, so let me tell you something that Infinite Warfare had going that everyone overlooked. I went back and played that game. That campaign is actually pretty good. Well, you're talking campaign. Okay, yeah, I know, I know. I'm a fucking boomer, and I actually like campaigns, you know? Um, but I went back and played it, and like... I had no complaints. I thought the voice acting was good. I liked the cast of characters. I the plot really like fell off midway into the game, but for the most part, I thought it was actually a solid game. It was the multiplayer that really sucked, and 100%. obviously that's gonna take the cake because no one plays fucking Call of Duty for campaigns anymore. Let's just be real with ourselves. It's too boring, you know. I feel like for the majority, they just want to go in. Hopefully, you know, back then. It was just shitting on people just because, you know, everybody was always on a completely different level. But I feel like with skill-based matchmaking now, um, it's a little bit more difficult to get into a competitive game like that. Oh, no. I I agree. But, like, one of the things that intrigued me about the Call of Duty community and the gaming community as a whole is Black Ops 4. It released. They announced we're not making a campaign. It's going to be multiplayers, I believe, zombies, and then it was the blackout mode, I believe. Are we talking Black Ops 4 or 3? Black Ops 4. 4? I believe the blackout mode is like a precursor to Warzone. Yes. And everyone was like kind of up in arms. They were like, whoa, whoa, you're not releasing a campaign? You know, how are you even going to charge $60 for this game? Is it even worth that price? And But then when they add a campaign... Like in Black Ops Three, everyone complains about, it, and rightfully so. That game was terrible. Black Ops Four. Um, Black Ops Three. Black oh. Ops Three's campaign was terrible. I thought the multiplayer was 
eh. The zombies was the only good part of the game. I feel like zombies is what carried that game to be so popular. The Not multiplayer, even zombies. I agree with you. The multiplayer was kind of eh. Um, I feel like that was like the the peak of the whole one gun meta. You can't really use anything else, otherwise you get shit on. I feel like that was the start of it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for the game myself. I didn't care for the zombies. If it wasn't for the um, what's it called, the Zombie Chronicles, yes, which I think was they added every previous zombies map. I don't think the zombies was that good. I think if it wasn't for that, no one would play that game. I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm I would think opposite. I think the zombies was fantastic. Um, their whole new system of gobble guns was very interesting. I'm not gonna say I was too fond with it, just because it did make the game a lot easier along with the fact that you can put an elemental type on your gun with the whole blast furnace. Yeah. I feel like that just made the game a little bit too easy when it came to pushing for high rounds. But when it came to the actual maps itself, I feel like it did a really good job. Um, one thing I will critique was Shadows of Evil. I did not appreciate the fact that if you're not doing a solo, you had to have four players. Was Otherwise, the, you couldn't do it. Was that the original map? That was the first. That was map the very first one okay, with the yeah. uh, the Margwas with the tentacles. I'll give you that one. That one was actually pretty fun. I was surprised, and I'm not a huge zombies person, so I had that map was good. I'll give them that, but I didn't play any other ones, so you know, take that which take you know what you will from that. But I'm just never been a huge zombies person. I, this is a bit of a controversial topic or uh, opinion, but I've always been a Spec Ops guy. Spec I Ops, know. no, I loved, I loved MW2 Spec Ops, man. I, uh, I remember back then I didn't have Xbox Live, so I would split screen with my dad, and we were trying to three star every single Spec Ops to do the hundred percent completion. Hey, dude, that shit fucking fueled me, man. That kept me up so many nights. I fucking loved it, um, and I thought MW3 did a great job of bringing it back too. I liked the Spec Ops. I wasn't, I don't know about you, I wasn't a big fan of the survival mode. It was fun for the first, you know, to do all the maps a couple times. After that, it's just the same thing over and over. And in in MW3, yes, yeah, no, the survival mode was it was okay. Um, it wasn't great, but I thought if they're gonna add an, another like game mode, I thought it was okay. Um, it wasn't terrible. I thought the campaign was actually probably the. Uh, mm, I don't know. I'm like real all over the place with the campaign of MW3. I, there's a lot of good moments, but there are some moments that I really don't care for. Although I think the ending of that game is near perfect. Um, I'm not giving fucking spoiler uh, like alerts for a fucking what like a 10, 11 year old game. Um, I love the way Makarov dies. If you remember it, the way he's hanging. Um, I think you guys fight on the rooftop, and you wrap this cord around his neck at the very top of his building. And you're playing as Captain Price during this whole thing, and you break the glass that so you guys are standing above, and he and he uh, falls down, his neck snaps, and you just see him choke in there. I fucking love that. That game had some great scenery, let me tell you. See, the problem I had, you know, with the older Call of Duty since I was younger, I didn't appreciate the, you know, the storyline. I just wanted to get straight into the gameplay. Um, you know, part of me regrets not ever focusing on the campaigns because I did play it just to well, say I, mean, I played it. It's never too late to uh, go back and play them. You can always buy them on Steam. I'm not trying to spend, you know, because Black Ops 2 is still charged at $60. Uh, I already have Black, Black Ops, Ops 3. MW2 is like another 30 bucks right there. COD 4, 
another 20 bucks right there. It's just money that I don't want to spend for something so little. Well, okay. MWT, you have an excuse for You could buy the $20 expansion uh, story mode. MW2 is probably the only story mode that I do remember just because I did it so many times just to get to the end game where you go to the museum, just pick up a bunch uh, say of I say if you don't remember the, the museum button. or Burger Town, you're not a true fucking fan. Nope. I, rem- I remember the mission where you have to uh, take back the White House with, against the Russians, I think. And let me tell you that, that is one of my favorite levels in Call of Duty is just fucking balls to the wall just fucking immediately start out the mission just hectic shit's fucking popping off dude i loved it i would say my favorite mission with the mw2 was um when you're in the snow in the forest with the silenced m21 yeah and you had to take everybody else silenced if they notice you for the slightest bit um they just shit on you that's just like how the game was designed it was i thought it was pretty awesome that actually reminds me of my favorite mission from the newest Modern Warfare, the uh, re not remastered, I guess it was more of a reboot. Um, I can't remember what it was called, but you play as Kyle or Gaz, and you have to go and infiltrate this. I can't remember what it was. I know they had a pool house and all sorts of stuff. They it had three main buildings. In each building, you had to go in and look for this target. And so I remember you had to be silent or else you, like you said, you would get shit on by the people, like yep. fucking enemies. I really loved it because it was one of the few times that Call of Duty experimented with an open world-esque type of mission. Like as soon as you dropped from the hill, there was no instructions. You could t- go about it however you wanted. Um, and I really love that. I love giving, I love when they actually try to give players a bit of freedom during the gameplay because it can be very restrictive at times this is something that uh you know looping back to uh world war ii and vanguard is if you remember call of duty uh world war ii there were so many times where uh, i was playing and it felt like it felt like as if the game was on like baby mode and it was babying me and making me and telling me what to do at every time like i couldn't come up with on my own yeah and i don't like that stuff in games i that's why i like open open world games more i like the idea of just dropping me in the world and letting me explore and figure out how it works um you know i don't like when you insult the player's intelligence basically saying i don't believe you could come up with how to you know beat this level so i have to baby you and like walk your hand through it yeah i don't i don't like it and that's something that scares me because for those who don't know, the Call of Duty development cycle um, involves three separate uh, companies. As we know, there's Activision, Treyarch, and Sledgehammer. And for those who don't remember, Sledgehammer made World War II, which is one of the worst Call of Duty games. That and wasn't so, their first one. Advanced Warfare was their oh, first game alone, right? You're right. You're right. Yeah, Advanced Warfare, Advanced Warfare was actually decent. Um, I thought campaign-wise, the multiplayer was pretty all over the place it was very uh it was very new and i feel like that's why a lot of people would argue it was really successful because it wasn't your typical boots on the ground they that all didn't, the other games were they didn't milk the futuristic uh tone yet they didn't they didn't milk the futuristic setting yet they didn't um, i i you got to give them a lot of credit that was their first year introducing some sort of exosuit that allows you to fly in the air in some sort of way uh, i'm not gonna say it was good 
But, you know, for it being the first time, they I think they did a pretty good job. It made gameplay interesting, but it also opened up to a whole new level of brokenness. Like, yes. I was getting one tap from across a map with people doing these crazy trick shots. They would bounce nades off places you never have seen before. That was me. But my biggest problem with it, because I actually liked Advanced Warfare, believe it or not. My biggest problem with Sledgehammer is that they regressed. They showed a lot of regression in World War, World War II. Which is what really scares me. Um, I really was disappointed. Like, I a part of me tells me, you know, we kind of shot ourselves in the foot with World War Two because it went Advanced Warfare, Black Ops Four, Infinite Warfare. Those were all, you know, some sort of exosuit flying in the air. Did you? S- and I remember at the time, the community was honestly sick and tired of the exosuits, so you know they demanded a boots on the ground game. And, you know, that's what they delivered. You know, I'm not going to give them the excuse for how bad the gameplay turned out. But, we, you know, they are listening to the community. Well, let's hope they are. Um, uh, <laughs> right Cold now War, they're not. Cold War wasn't very good. Um, Listen, I hate to say it. I, I wish they never released Cold War. I don't see mm. the significance of it. I feel like they should have just skipped this year, you know, that year with Cold War. Since they put so much focus on Warzone. Because right now, the Cold War is kind of the ghost right now. It's all about Warzone. I think the best, like, Cold War is honestly, for me, it just feels like extra content for Warzone. The only reason these streamers and stuff, like, buy Cold War is just to get their hands on the new guns. Because all the new guns are broken. Um, but Cold War was broken, horribly balanced. And you could tell that it was rushed, and they were rushing to meet that Call of Duty a year, you yeah. know, like their yearly release cycle, which I think is one of the worst, like, ways to create a video game. I you- do remember reading um, something about how it was last minute. I think it was Treyarch that made Cold War. All, like... All the pressure was put on them last minute. They're like, hey, we we have to develop a game this year. You have, you know, this much time to develop a game. It wasn't so much, you know, since they divided into the three, they typically had three, three years to develop the game. But with Cold yeah. War, they had the year to develop the game. I don't know if that's true, um, but based off of what they provided us, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. No, absolutely. And if, if that was the case, they should have came, they should have came out and said that publicly because... At least then I would have gave them like, you know, okay, well, they, you know, they took them a year to make it. They only had a year. So, you know, I'll give them a bit of, cut them, cut them some slack. Yeah. You know, but they um, they uh, wouldn't come out and publicly say that because that would be uh, damning to the investors if uh, they had heard stuff like that was going on. But like when you look at it, though, they don't, other than guns, they put no content into that game. Usually with Call of Duty, it's like, oh, new map, new game mode. Oh, new zombies map. With Cold War, you know, yeah, they added a couple of zombies maps. but Yeah, over the span of like six months, they had like two maps. And with multiplayer, they're just bringing in remastered maps. They're not even trying to make new ones. To be fair, to be fair, they did the same thing in Modern Warfare. Rust. um, They made Shoe House. Yeah, but Shoot House was like the only good map. Taylor, I think we're getting lost in a bit of, uh, you know, biasness. But Modern Warfare released with some fucking garbage maps. A hundred percent. 
I I do remember the the like the number one map that was for some reason auto generated was Azir Cave. That map was ass. Everybody camped in a corner inside the cave where it's super dark and hard to see. And if they aren't camping in a corner, it's some dude with the sniper that can somehow see you all the way from the other side of the cave. And you can barely see his little lens flare. If you go outside, either no one's out there or someone proning in the bush just watching that weird angle for some reason. And they shit on you with the 725. So you're almost forced to only play in the cave if you want action. It's a it's a trend I'm seeing with like first person shooters, which it feels like map design and map quality is regressing. Like you know, Siege for example, I love I love Rainbow Six Siege, but I think that every map they add is worse than the last one. Hundred percent. Like you know, we look at maps like I think Border. I didn't play before Operation Health, but Border was a really good and balanced map to me now the I, operator wasn't very good i think blackbeard was over, over mm, overpowered but well, especially that, with the, the fact okay. that when they first released them you almost couldn't kill the shield so you pretty much couldn't headshot no, i'm pretty sure that's 600 hp that yeah was, which that was, was un un what's what i'm looking for um you know i don't know uh invincible it, pretty much no it, it was imaginary for you to think that you can destroy that shield you know for 600 damage yeah no you'd have to put an insane amount of bullets in there considering most guns on defense do somewhere between like what 20 to 30 damage 20 i think it's like 23 is the average 24 yeah so you know you're gonna have to put you're gonna have to dump a few mags in there um you're gonna have but... to dump all your ammo and then melee <laughs> yeah, well that's just a secondary score <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but I want to say statistically, border was the most balanced map when it came to you know defense sided, offense sided. Actually, I mean, at least amongst the pro leagues, I thought it, I believe it was Oregon. Actually, at least in pro league, which one was Oregon? Oregon, the not the prenerf. It was based off the I think was it like Waco, Texas, um, the one with it's the a, inside the house, right? It's the house with the with giant the with the basement, and it you had got the, a, the meeting the, room in the middle. What was it called? Like Big Tower or something? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Big now, Tower, yeah. yeah. I can't believe you that forgot one, Oregon. No, that one was, te- if you want to look at it this way, it was a little bit more defense-sided because laundry was so hard to attack. This was pre-rework. Uh, it was damn near impossible to win laundry as attacker. I would argue yeah. that. Yeah, if you were going to get the team that actually knew what they were doing and had a... It was specifically a mirror for me. Mirrors always yes. gave me trouble on that map because they were very good. If you couldn't pop that mirror, like, you pretty much lost that round. That, no. was, that was your, you know, one and only chance. Yep. And, uh, it, you know, and that's one of the things I like about Siege is that just oper- like picking a certain operator can honestly determine how the round goes. And I know that, you know, other co- other companies and games have tried this, like, Activision tried it. I believe it was Activision with Black Ops 4. Was they it, remember they added no. the specialists. Was it Black Ops 4? Black Ops 4, I know they added specialists. Black Ops 3 was Treyarch. Yeah, Black Ops 4 was Activision. Um, but I know they added like specialists and they wanted to have the game a bit be a bit more like team oriented. Yeah. You know, not like Siege was, but have a bit more, you know, cooperation. It's not just run and gun one person. No, they carries. actually added one to add some, you know, tactical, you know, um what am I? What am I thinking of? Uh, I can't think of the word. They wanted to. Oh 
man. They they force you to work together to win the game. One person yeah, can they wanted, the whole entire game. Yeah, pretty much. I, I'm blanking on the word, but you know, it'll come to me like 30 minutes from now. <laughs> but it, it's one of those things that I don't understand because I don't think Call of Duty thrives off of that. It's ki- It kind of is, at least when you're talking team deathmatch and domination. It, it's more of a solo kind of game like you know i've never met even when i play with you i don't ever rely on you to get kills for me like i don't rely on you to help me get kills see the way i see it and you know the, my position would be what i'm about to explain then you know you got the top fragger he's gonna be the one it's one you know put, put yourself in a situation where you have to cap b flag let's say domination for example you know all yeah. the enemies are on b right now trying to hold that flag the initial objective is to wipe as much as you can off of B site. You know, let's say you get three kills, you know, from then, you know, you have your, you know, four, maybe five players push into the objective, assuming that the, you know, the remaining players alive are in that objective. And then you have that one, maybe two of your top fragger, go push the border of the spawn to the point where you can't spawn flip and pick off the people in the spawn just to prolong them from defending it so it makes it easier to capture the flag. You know, that's that's where the, the you know, some sort of coordination has to come in because if you just wipe the team and all five sit on, you know, B flag, someone's going to, you know, come up yeah, somehow, I mean, you know, sometimes wipe the whole entire team and they get B back. I mean, I I agree with what you're saying, but Taylor, we, we got to realize who we're talking about. We're talking about the goddamn Call of Duty community. <laughs> I don't even know if their IQ is high enough to understand exactly what you're talking about because only the thing that people do is run and gun i mean take modern warfare right they add this new gunsmith system right oh you can make your gun into pretty much anything you make an assault rifle into a sniper you know with the amount of range you can add to it you make it to an smg you know sacrifice the range for mobility and all everyone did was just go for ads the only thing they cared about was running and gunning the most efficient way possible you know, no one really cares about strategies, like, unless you're playing Pro League or Search and Destroy, like, hardcore. Yeah. Or, like, what was it, the CDL playlist, I think, which was for, like, people who wanted to be Pro League or, like, yeah. you know, Challenger. Yeah, like the, the, the intro to Pro League, yeah. Yeah. Like, no one's, and even then, they're running, like, M4 with ADS mod. No one's playing Call of Duty to sit there and contemplate oh well, what am i gonna do am i gonna trap them and spawn you know am i gonna sit there and hold b no they're just gonna do whatever comes first to their brain it's a perfect game for someone with adhd like me see some people though they you know their mindset is oh let me just sit in this corner no no no, no. that's that, your that, mindset fuck no dude <laughs> you, if you ever see my gameplay guys you never see me stand in like the same building area for more than five seconds if you see me stand there, I'm either reloading or trying to heal. If I'm not doing one of those two things, I'm running. My teammates, on the other hand, I see them sitting in spawn. They're not even peeking an angle that's very common. They're watching, like, some little tiny hallway at the back of the map. You know, you'll maybe see one person every two minutes. I don't, I don't you know, I don't see how that's fun. You know what? Fun is subjective, Taylor. And you need to stop fucking stepping all over other people's fun, yeah, okay? Yeah, having fun is, you know, getting a shit ton of kills. How is it fun to stare at a wall for two minutes, see one guy, you know, maybe The anticipation. Die when you do see that guy, oh, my God, I'm going to be so ecstatic. I'm going to practically be busting a nut right there. That one guy? 
Yeah. It's Whereas, you know, you got, that, you got the other teammate, you know, a.k.a. me, who already has 20 kills, busting it up because he has two VTOLs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like, but- you see the difference there? Like, I, I just think it's more fun getting more kills than killing that one guy after waiting for two minutes staring this is, at a wall. This is where our philosophy disagree. I'm not a camper. Uh, you know, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, I don't really play COD too much. I prefer Battlefield or Siege. Um, but, I mean, Taylor, I don't know how you're going to feel about Battlefield because that game is like a camper's like fucking haven. Like, See, so many people go to rooftops in a Siege of Shanghai and just sit there with like snipers and just fucking take you out with like a single shot that's different though you know since we are gonna move on to battlefield battlefield is when it came to bullet velocity is significantly more realistic there's actual skill that actually require you actually have to like track bullet trajectory and all that you know you can't really get mad at the guy for camping on a rooftop if anything you have to give him credit for popping off a shot like that for you know you being and you know x amount of yards away estimating you know bullet velocity i know you can zero in your scope so you know you got to know how to zero your scope you know within the first couple seconds and if i'm running you got to time the shot you know it's not just oh you click on my head i die no so when you know when you die to campers on that game you, you it's hard to get mad you got to give them props yeah no i give them being props able to trace you like that except i'm not giving props to the people who play operation locker and sit there no. and throw fucking nades at that dumbass tunnel no nope. fuck anyone who does that that shit's I so annoying oh my god i hate that annoying. so much i do remember though it was super funny to do um we got the the enemy team pushed back so far when it came to the i think it wasn't conquest where you pushed to their spawn right I mean, you can if you just like that if you damn capture good, all the flags, but... they can't help but to spawn in their actual spawn, not on a yeah. flag, right? Yeah. So, it, there was a couple games I was playing with my brother-in-law. We would have all of the flags captured, so they had no choice but to spawn in their spawn. So me and him would just get the sausage gun with the slug, the buckshot Jesus rounds. Jesus Christ! And they were only able to run through this one doorway. So me and him would feed on like 120 kills, and they can't do a single thing. You guys are so fucking toxic. There, we were only listen. That's hard to do though. We were only able to pull that off twice because there's always that one guy that will run off to the side that will slip <laughs> between us and go yep. capture that flag, so that way they can split the spawns. Yep. Oh man, I love Battlefield. But if we're gonna change topic to Battlefield, like you said, Battlefield 2042 is looking like a goddamn bop. That shit looks good. I was. Who was I watching? There, so I, I don't know if I was watching gameplay on it or if I was watching someone else have like some sort of trailer up. Um, I do notice they are going a little bit more futuristic this year. I yeah. don't know how I feel about that yet. I do know Battlefield never fails to disappoint. No. When it comes to to gameplay, so um, I'm not too scared. I'm, I'm not letting what Call of Duty did ruin it for Battlefield because here's the thing about Battlefield is that what they showed me it's futuristic, but it's not far too far gone into the future you can still see plenty of guns that we have to today like the you know i saw an advanced version of an ak and you know i like that because there's still going to be plenty of stuff that we're going to recognize and it's not going to be too off the walls they're not going to yeah, be too that, futuristic i think that's the thing i'm afraid of you know like i thought when they if you remember they're airdropping a tank with like just a bunch of balloons and like boot rocket boosters yes i thought that was a perfect thing to add like it just looks fucking cool and shit but 
I think that they'll find a great balance between futuristic and modern. Um, and it looks interesting. I was really surprised to see them actually acknowledge a lot of the old community things like the rendezvous and the, uh, you know, the C4 ATV. That was pretty, pretty surprising to see. And I'm very interested to see, you know, just how much they stay true to the roots, you know, with all this, you know, kind of seems like community first kind of like trailers they've been releasing. I'm hoping that they actually listen to the community when it comes to balancing and um, uh, gameplay and all this stuff. See, I didn't play every single Battlefield. I was introduced into 4, but from what I got from Battlefield 4, there wasn't really any brokenness or you know needing mm-hmm. any balance in the game. No. Just because they did such a great job on release. I'll, you I'll know, give... I can't you know, I can't vouch for all the other battlefields. Oh no, I'll give Dice this. Dice is really good with I think in my opinion weapon balancing because I I played Battlefield 4 back when it came out. Absolutely loved it. Ended up switching consoles later on. I played it I started playing it a year ago, roughly. Um and I noticed that all the guns are fairly played evenly and are relatively balanced. Like I am a DMR, um, you know, I don't know how some of y'all feel about that. I know there can be a bit uh, all over the place. But the DMRs, at least, feel really balanced. They're usually around two to three shots. And it's not like um, most games nowadays where the gun, at least on console, I don't believe the gun can fires as fast as you press the trigger. I believe it's... No, it had a limit to it. Yeah, it I had a limit. That. And so you couldn't just spam three shots instantly and kill someone. Yeah. So you actually had to, and you saw the time of your shots and, you know, account for bullet trajectory and velocity and all that stuff. And really, all the guns felt really balanced. Everyone was using all kinds of guns and it just felt good. The only thing I hated was players or um, players that would abuse uh you know vehicles and helicopters because there are some people who are so fucking good at that shit like <laughs> it is so annoying that was uh that was me and cameron on battlefield 4 we Dude. would we, we he would wait for a tank while i just kind of sit and spawn snipe and then when you know when we do get a tank i'll just respawn into him um and he would go on 150 kill gun streak by the end of the game they you know nobody can like, destroy our tank and if we got lucky enough you know, there is a certain helicopter. I don't remember the exact name, but um, the co-pilot was able to shoot missiles. And there's the other helicopter where the pilot was just kind of there. Um, but when we got that helicopter, oh my god, they could not shoot us down because Cameron was so good at flying it. He would he would be able to dodge all the jets that would try and hunt us down, and we would end up killing the jets in a helicopter. Really, hundred percent. Yeah, you can ask oh, him damn. yourself, dude. That's we crazy. would. We would pop off 120 kill games without dying once in that helicopter. Man, uh And like I would be I would go as the uh the SMG running gunner because he had the repair tool. So I would yep. just sit in the back with the repair tool constantly repairing it. So if we were getting shot down, I would just end up repairing it. And a camera would just shit on the guy trying to shoot at us. So virtually the helicopter never went down. If we needed to, he would fly back to spawn so I can actually get out of the helicopter. And we can fully repair it. Damn, goddamn! I never uh, had anyone to play with, and never really exploited the game. Um, I just wasn't—I was never amazing at it. I could never rendezvous. I never—I uh, honestly just stuck to infantry. I just preferred to use a gun. I loved playing. Um, 
it was the engineer class. That's the one you're thinking of. Yes. Because I love having the anti-air or anti-tank. Yes, yes. Um, just because I keep getting shitted on. By those vehicles, yeah. Yeah, it's fucking annoying, dude. I, like, it, it was very frustrating. Like, no matter um, what I do, they're always fucking around me. They're always fucking lurking somewhere. What What was it? Is it Operation Golf or something? I think that's in, like, the Middle East or it's, like, Afghanistan or something. Um, there, There's... A, there's A, B, and C. They make kind of like this upside-down triangle on the map. And they're like the three most difficult fucking points to hold because there's always tanks there. There's always fucking helicopters and jets flying around there. And it's so fucking annoying. It's chaotic, and I love it. But it's annoying still at the same time. And I just... there, It's one of those games where I, no matter how good I'm doing, I can't play for too long. Yeah. Like Call of Duty's like that. I remember a Conquest game would last almost an hour. Yeah, oh, yeah. There, if you're if you like, didn't join the game, the the sixty four player playlist. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, they're long. They go on for a little while, but you know, I mean, they're the bread and butter of Battlefield. I I don't know anyone who else who plays any other fucking game modes, like, and I it'll I'll never get bored of playing Battlefield four and like on the sh- siege of Shanghai, watching the fucking building collapse, yes. and like playing an Operation Golf. I think that's what's called. Uh, in watching like the build- building slowly crumble, slowly deteriorate from the warfare around you. Yep. And that's one thing I'll agree with Battlefield. They have always been so innovative when it came to map design, which is why I'm really excited to see the new Battlefield with the natural disasters that happened during it. Um, although the one map I was like, really like, what the fuck is the map with the big ass rocket that takes off? Because I don't see how that's going to affect the map. Like, obviously... Okay, there might be a bit of smoke everywhere from the, like, you know, fucking rockets and the fucking flames. But, like, what, other than that, what the hell else could change? Yeah. I I, I don't understand it, but, you know, all they can do is wait and, uh, you know, wait for release and see. Um, speaking of games to be released, Taylor, I know you're probably excited for this one. Uh, the Demon Slayer. Yes. The Demon Slayer game there's, is. Uh, there's two of them that I'm looking forward to. They have a yeah. uh, fighting game coming out. I'm not much of a, a that type of fighter game, uh, just because in my mind it's a bunch bunch of bunt mashing. I know I have some uh, some coworkers that will argue with me to the spoken end. Spoken like a man who never played fucking Ship It in Storm Four. I wish I did, but unfortunately I didn't get to anime that far back. Um, I mean, but there's no one I stopping am, you. Well, the community is still pretty big on that game. I might have to give it a try then. I fucking love it. Well, well, when you finish an Arto, maybe there's, <laughs> there's a lot of spoilers, obviously. Yeah, but, um, <laughs> but uh, with the Demon Slayer game, the fighting game, at least, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that. Um, and I know there's also the story mode coming out. I didn't see too much on it, just because there's not much shown. It just shows a couple clips of, um, you know, the the accuracy of the actual show itself. You know, the the first scene I think they showed in the trailer. Um, was Tanjiro going up to Kibutsuji, you know, telling him he's gonna he's gonna hunt him down. Yeah. yeah. And I'm hoping now you know, now that I'm saying this out loud, you know, obviously I haven't read the manga, so I don't know how Demon Slayer ends. So I'm hoping when the game releases the main story doesn't exceed past the show. It it probably won't. I'll give you a bit of insight because I believe the company that's developing is called CyberConnect or something. They made the Storm games, so they're, and I saw the gameplay, they're literally 
almost the exact same, just with a different, and it's set in a different universe. Um, like even the health bars, the UI, the map design, the way to fight, the way to fighting mechanics are, it looks exactly the same as the Storm games. And I've played one through four. Um, I, I didn't beat Storm three though, but like just to probably give you a preview of what it may be like, um, I, no, they did it for everyone. Now I think about it, except for four. Uh, but the first three storm games were all pseudo open world ish. Um, so you obviously had the story mission, all that, and you would have to go to certain characters to, you know, start that story mission, but you could walk around the map and buy items to help you during fights. Yeah. You can go and like level up your character by like having random encounters and fights. Like I remember in storm two, there was a bunch of fakes that were everywhere in the world and you had to go out and explore to find them and you'd fight them and you'd earn like XP and money to buy other like dumb shit, like a fucking bento box. Yeah. It's the only thing I remember buying cause it was pretty <laughs> good. Um, but you know, the fighting mechanics, they were very limited. There wasn't like, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot to it. I remember at least on PlayStation, it was double square and I think circle or something to do like a, not like an ultimate move, but like a, I don't, like a special move. Yeah. Um, and every character had their own unique one. And but one of my favorite parts were the awakenings in the game, which when your character got to low enough health, as a way to compensate for the health you lost. If you, you know, in Naruto, for example, you know, you know, you know, you're watching the show, they have chakra and everything. You could, you can charge your chakra by holding like triangle or Y. And by doing this, this little circle thing pop up on the health bar. And when you got to it, after charging enough chakra, your character would like unlock some sort like a power up version of them. Um, And like you see in Naruto, how he gets enveloped in like that, uh, red chakra cloak the, the, it's or like you orange. know oranges you know how like yeah his eyes turn uh, yeah. more like uh snake or like cat like yeah. and then his yeah. whiskers are more defined yeah and he gets like claws that's exactly what happens that's and cool. he gets powerful and his moves like all of his hits do like are just enhanced. one point like 1.5 times more damage he's faster stronger and all this stuff and it's a way to balance the fight out so that you don't lose all hope yeah but it get that shit is fucking wild in Storm Four. Let me tell you. But uh, I'm way, expecting something very similar in the new Demon Slayer game. Yeah, the only the way you're describing how that game was played, um, the only game that I played with that similar gameplay was uh, Ninja Ninja Gaiden. I don't yeah. know if you ever played that. It's very it's kind of like that, right? Um, yeah, kind of. It's pretty similar, but I never played Ninja Gaiden, but I have seen gameplay of it. But that yeah, one was super cut, fun. It's cut from a similar cloth, kind of. But I'm just hoping that they actually innovate a bit because, like, from what I've seen, it just doesn't look very innovative. Are we which, talking about the Demon Slayer game? Yeah, it it doesn't look like they're really introducing any new mechanics, but I'm going to hold off any uh, judgment until the game is released. I don't know if I will be playing it too much because I, while well, I do like Demon Slayer, I don't really want to play a fighting game. I would rather stick to just watching the anime or reading the manga. 
But something that would interest me is something more along the lines of like a Jujutsu Kaisen fighting game. Oh my god, like that would be so cool. It, with how insane the fights can get, I can imagine a fighting game being really interesting. Especially if you can play as Gojo. Oh my fucking god, <laughs> that that have to be something that's regulated. We'd have to uh, seriously nerf the fuck out of him because that man would fucking crush every goddamn fucking other opponent. But you know, speaking about. Jujutsu Kaisen, it's very obvious, apparent to those who are listening right now, that we're pretty big fucking anime weebs. Um, it's not much of a secret. As I'm looking at 10 anime yeah. figures that I collect. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm not a weeb, know. I swear. I swear. No, he's not a weeb. He just has, you know, anime figurines, you know? You know, who am I to judge, pass judgment? I have, like, fucking eight Naruto shirts that I all bought from, like, Primitive. But... We're, we're pretty big anime fans, you know? And uh, recently I've gotten Taylor into manga with the hope that he sees um, that manga can sometimes be better than anime. I will um, I will say this. I was not expecting it either. Um, I didn't realize, you know, when, you're, when I was reading manga, I started off with the Attack on Titan. When I, you know, was really getting into the book, you know, the the scenes were so accurate i'm you know when i'm reading it i'm pretty much watching the anime because when you're you know unless if you listen to it dubbed i'm reading subtitles anyways yeah i i wouldn't call myself like a manga elitist like i don't think manga is always better than anime but i'm a very impatient person so am i like we just talked about i'm a huge jujitsu kaisen fan i would honestly argue it's my favorite anime for the next gens um, so I'm reading the manga for it right now and it's fucking good, man. Like I really enjoy it and I didn't expect to enjoy it either because it's like, ew, reading, you know, like, no, I'm good. I'd rather watch it. But when it takes two years to, you know, animate a season, you know, do we really have much of a choice? Like, I don't want to wait two years, you know, two years off graduated from fucking community college, man. It's a long fucking passage of time. And, but it. I don't know. It is confusing at first because it's like you're reading and you're like, well, how much can I really enjoy? You know, yeah. the fight scenes are aren't as entertaining, in my opinion, because you're just you, looking you know, at a picture. Yeah, And it's a black and white picture. Usually they're not colored. They're not. There's no flare, no like bit of flamboyance to it. it <laughs> it's pretty. I don't know. It feels tame to me compared to what I see in animes. But I think. What manga can do that animes don't is really go much more in depth on whatever they want to when it comes to um, powers and backstories. Yep. And like how the world works. It feels like mangas go into more in depth. They'll dedicate entire pages to trying to explain something. And, and I-, I think the dialogue is better. I feel like the dialogue for some, like, um, what you gonna call it? it? It just the dialogue when I'm reading it. In some animes, they have this weird habit of trying to like kind of add a bit of like the animation team wants to add a bit of their own like their own like personal style to it. So they'll change up how like an over exaggeration. Yeah, and then sometimes they'll change up how the scene goes. Yeah, in the anime rather than the manga, and it's like, why? 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 The manga could literally be perfect. There'd literally be like a ten out of ten. Every volume is amazing. Every last page is fucking breathtaking. And they will change it because, I don't know, they want to make it unique to them. 
and they don't want to just copy what the author did, which I mean, I get if you're being paid to animate something, you know, yeah, you want to add a bit of your own little touch to it, but I don't see why they can't just try to stick to the fucking hard copy material that's already been presented to you. And this is something that has, has affected a few animes. Um, well, I, I mean, I'll give Naruto this. It was ongoing with the manga, but every time they did a filler arc, that shit sucked, man. It's fucking garbage. Um, there are very few arcs that I actually like that are filler. And most of them are just backstories for the characters, the main characters. And I just I'm still I'm still mad at you for making me watch that filler oh episode with the little kid. God. I still don't even know his oh name. Oh my god. That just goes Let to show again. you how unimportant he is. Alright. So just just to let the audience know on what he's talking about, I got Taylor and Naruto as of a few I think a few weeks ago. And he forced watching... me against my will. He made me watch the first couple episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I wasn't interested <laughs> at all. But I, you know, I trust Tavian's word. I, I, I gave yeah. it a couple more episodes just to let the characters develop in their personalities. And uh, I will say, I'm pretty locked in on the show right now. Yeah, no, he he's right. I came to his house. He, I, I forced my way in, tied him to the chair, and started making him watch Naruto. I said, yep. "Either watch Naruto, or you know, I'm fucking." fucking i don't know i'm gonna leave you your balls off or something (laughs) yeah no i'm gonna leave you tied up until you like it i definitely didn't ask hey you want to watch an episode or two and you definitely didn't want to watch more i mean it's crazy but uh no the the get back on track we're we're, we were watching the first arc um the land of waves arc which i like i love it because it's you know one of the first arcs of the show it establishes a lot of the lore the way the world works and it really and it helps the main character, uh, you know, Naruto, develop his personality and his character. But there's a like, there's like one or two episodes that are filler, you know. Um, and one of which is talking about this little, this fucking little crybaby ass kid's dad or like stepdad. What wasn't his name Tezuka? I don't fucking remember, dude. I don't watch the <laughs> filler. Um, of I just course make you, you don't, watch but it. you made me watch it. Yeah, damn sure. I wanted to watch it too. I never seen it before. <laughs> <laughs> but uh he's his i can't remember the backstory i think his like stepdad comes from some fucking far away no, no, land no. okay no i'm really booty tickled about this let me explain it the episode <laughs> was um they were sitting at a dinner table and naruto called the little kid that always cried because he cried like a little bitch every single second you say one word he bursts out crying which really kind of annoyed me um you know i can see where he's coming from as a person but as a creator, you know, I don't think it's very entertaining to watch a little kid constantly cry all episode. Um, well, to be fair to to uh, the creator or, you know, Masashi Kishimoto. Yeah, I'm just that much of a fucking weeb. I know my manga authors by no, first and God. last Listen name. To this guy. Put some respect on his goddamn name. But um, to to give him some credit, he is supposed to kind of, I think, challenge what Naruto believes you know, because Naruto's like, I'm going to be a hero in the village. You know, I'm going to be the Okage. You know, people are going to look at me, look up to me as a hero. And I the whole point of the kid's like, you know, I don't believe in heroes. And, you know, yeah, heroes no, you don't exist and you're going to fail in your goal. So he's kind of like a bit of a, a kind of a psychological uh, fucking obstacle for Naruto yeah, to well, jump him over. As, him as a character, I understand, you know, now that you mentioned it, you know, I understand why he was developed. But, you know, back on the, the filler episode, I really didn't need to know the kid's background on why he cried so much. Um, it, you know, he 
this kid didn't grow up, grow up without a dad. I don't remember if he died or if he just disappeared and never came back. It's filler. It's not important. Yeah, exactly. But, All he knows, um, he's not there. Yeah, he's not there. So he technically never knew what it was like to have a dad. So then, you know, one day this random ass, you know, guy came into his village and was just super helpful, you know, around the village. And he ended up becoming the town hero. You know, kid ended up, you know, looking at him as a father figure. And because of that, uh, the what I took from it, you know, the mom saw that the kid looked up to him. So, you know, she felt some sort of obligation to marry him just so they can be closer together. Did they marry? I mean, obviously, he, he was piping I, I don't the mom. Know, well, yeah, I don't know if they married, but, you know, they were definitely getting it all. Yeah, you're telling me he's doing all this helpful ass shit and he's not getting anything on the side? No, he was definitely piping that girl. Yeah. But, but uh, um, you know, that's the intention I got from it. You know, it was more of an obligation for her just to make her son feel better. You know, I'm not saying she didn't have I, feelings, oh, but... They don't know. talk about this because it's not important at all. But I do think, you know, looking at how it is in real life, you know, maybe the mom met this guy and, and he was a great influence on her son. And maybe she liked him because he was just a good person. Well, yeah, but, you know, you know the first and foremost, you know, he, he was a great influence on the kid. The kid looked up to him. That's yeah, and he was also a town hero. He was yeah. also a town hero. So everyone looked up to hey, him. Everybody wanted to pipe him. Let's be honest. I would. Um, <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah. Not in that kind of way. Yeah, no. You meant pipe him as in just like cleaning his, you know, fucking pipes for his sink or something. Yeah, yeah I, w- I would love to go over way. there and clean his pipes. Yeah. Yeah, specifically I his. Flush him out. Yeah, no one pipe. else's. Right, I'm not we're, a. Uh, we're going to change the subject here. I'm not a plumber. It's getting, it's getting real <laughs> sexual. It's getting uncomfortable. But yeah, back on the filler episode. <laughs> so, you know, this kid looked up to him and, you know, he basically called him dad because, you know. Yeah, he was basically dad. With, you yeah. know, he didn't grow up with one. And then, you know, one day, this gangster. Group, He's like a huge crime lord. Yeah. You know, you know, he came into the village, saw this guy who is, you know, being such a help and, you know, pretty much crucified him. I think the, the, the reason he crucified him was because I think his got Gato was his name. Um, Gato crucified him because he wanted to establish some sort of like iron grip on the town because the town yeah. had very only very few ways to bring in supplies in and out. And obviously being in his you know shoes, having that much power and wealth. Well, you can easily control the trade routes and the way that they, you know, get their supplies. And so he needed to get him out the way to more or less demoralize the town from yeah, stepping up so and trying to defend himself. Yeah. yeah, because he was kind of like he was like a beacon of hope sort of for the town. So when they saw their pillar, their beacon of hope being literally fucking crucified, um, it pretty much demoralized everyone. And rightfully so. Um, if I saw my stepdad being crucified by a random ass man I had never seen before, I, I probably wouldn't have the urge to fight anymore. Yeah, but and I'm you know, you know, before we go any further, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm a dick. I don't blame the kid for crying. I would, you know, if I if I would put in his shoes, you know, I would be crying every day too. But you know, for the sake of uh, you know a, a fantasy show, you can definitely cut out a lot of those parts where he is crying. Don't you agree? Yeah. Uh, yes and no. I mean, he he may not be crying as much as we uh, say. Well, I think we we're over exaggerating a bit. But at the end I, of the day, he's just like the the. I, I think annoying. the filler was unnecessary, which is a point. Filler is just unnecessary <laughs> fluff, so that the so that the manga has more time to distance itself from the anime, so that when the anime gets back on track to telling the canon story, 
they have much more time to uh, anime episodes and they actually know how they're going to um, go about it. But it, it's fluff. It's just nothing meant to just, you know, give the manga author more time. Um, but it does explain... It does explain his story pretty well, and it, it did, you know, yeah, it it did do a good job. I empathize with them to a certain degree, yeah, having not really lost anyone, you know, as significant as the dad was to him or stepdad was. I, you know, don't fully understand it, but I can empathize with it. Yeah, but you know, it was only twenty three minutes. Okay, it wasn't the end of the goddamn planet. Yeah, but we're all you know, some of us are on a time crunch. Though that twenty three minutes could have went into stuff so much better. You know, what possibly <laughs> could you have done in that twenty three minutes besides maybe rub one out and like, like I don't know, maybe you know, if I can prep some rice for the week or something. What do you? What, what is that supposed to mean? I'm what kidding. the hell? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What the hell else do we do, Taylor? I'm kidding. Uh, but no, you, you do got a point, but I would definitely rather put my time into watching an episode that actually had significance. Well, you did. You got the um, the fight. But that was that was 23 minutes wasted that could have went to the next episode, well, Taylor, so I had I, more time to watch. I hate to break it to you, but there's a lot of anime like that. A whole lot with a lot See, of filler. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to bring up you know Black Clover and Attack on Titan. They had filler. And there was significance to it because, you know, with the characters that they decided to do filler on, you know, it was necessary to see that certain background, you know, just so they can see what, you know, why they are the way they are. Was with there this filler little kid, for Attack on Titan? Mm-hmm. With the whole, um, the backstory when, you know, Aaron was a kid and how his dad would always, you know, it was pretty much just him and his mom. Um, and then how he became with Mikasa. Because remember, he didn't know Mikasa. Is that filler though? Is it, that not... I would feel like it was is filler. Well, Did we need to know it? What? No. So I think you you might be con- you might be confusing what filler is. So filler is normally stuff that has nothing to do with the main plot. I do think him meeting Mikasa and you know getting inside his dad and stuff is pretty integral to the plot. You know, it's usually stuff. If it's if it's not in the manga, it's usually considered filler. The way I see filler is just one of those things where it's not the end of the world if you miss miss out on it. Am I wrong? Y- yeah, you're not wrong. You know, like that that you know, that's your personal opinion, so you're not wrong. But facts, like going off like the definition of filler and what it has been defined as, technically yes, because filler is literally it's it usually is you something to not miss a beat. Yeah, it's something it sidelines the plot for like an episode or two or for however long. Um, just so the manga author can get more time to make yeah. more volumes and chapters. Um, and I think something as like Mikasa, how he met or how Aaron met Mikasa, and how they um killed like what was it two? I think they killed like it two, was three like, like uh, abductors. Which, by the way, if I get killed by like an eight year old child, that's a pathetic fucking way to go out. But you know, but I you guess. know what? She was Mikasa, man. She had that. Oh no, that I'm talking about Aaron. Awaken. I remember because I rewatched the show pretty recently. He, he knocks on the door and he's like, "I'm lost, Mister." Yes, that's right. You know, and he has a knife in his hand. He just fucking stabs a dude. But didn't Mikasa is the one that killed the other two, right? Because yeah, she had that like inner inner Mikasa, like the inner Ackerman. She, beast. she had the Ackerman. Yeah, that um, was kind of cool. That was kind of cool. I'll give him that. That was. I, I will give Attack on Titan and you know Black Clover and some of these other ones. 
but I'll give them this, is that their female characters are genuinely interesting and actually very useful to plots, which is something that uh, um, the manga author for Naruto, Masashi Kishimoto, should really take a, take a, you know, maybe a few notes from. Because holy shit, you know, Taylor, I, I'm not lying to you right now. Sakura genuinely doesn't do anything in the entire show. From the episodes that I've watched, all I've seen her do was stand there in front of a person being like, Oh, this is going on. Oh, this is so insane. She just she might as well just grab a bucket, you know, a little bucket of popcorn and start eating, you know, munching on it. She might as well. And all she does is fucking call out to Sasuke, like, Oh my god, Sasuke kun and like that's literally oh god, all she does. My husband, hey. you killed you know, you're doing such a good job. Which by the way, what I is weird is she doesn't like him because of his personality because he doesn't show her any of it. She only likes him because she's like, oh, he's a new Chiha. He's got some good genes. Let's have that good dick. Like, it's so fucking <laughs> weird as like, an, like what kind of, I think they're 12 years old. What kind of 12-year-old girl is thinking about the genetics of a guy? Like, that is so weird. But he, uh, Kishimoto has admitted that he doesn't really know how to write female characters because obviously as a male you can't really, you know, understand it, how hard, females yeah. think and stuff. You can't really but, put, you know, put yourself in a in a in their shoes. But it can't be too hard if uh, yeah, who what was the manga author for uh, Jujutsu Kaisen? I think it's like Gege Akatumi or Tommy. You know, I mean, look at uh, Noboru. Uh, Which one's Noboru? Kugasaki Noboru, the female. The with the like, the hammer in the nails. Yeah. Hammer and nails, kind of redhead. Yeah. yeah, she's fucking badass, dude. She is badass. When I saw the fight with her, Yuji, against the two, um, the two, what, which we call, I think, one was a cursed user and one was an actual curse. The one with the, like, the blood art with, like, the big ass, like, blood wings. The black guy. He had, like, the mouth on his back. Was this, uh, this is one of the last was this few episodes. Yeah. Yeah. What it wasn't on the train tracks, was it? It was before that when um Fushiguro was trapped in the in the little train I don't know tracks. if it was a, I don't know if it was a domain expansion. It was a domain. It was, it, was, a, uh, cave. it was like in I think it was like either a dormant or incomplete domain. Yeah. It, yeah. Are we talking like that fight? Yeah. When they're in the in the water, right? They're I want to say they're in water, the water. They're in a forest. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, they're in a forest, and then they, the fight transitioned over to like the site, some like random road it was on in the a middle tra- of nowhere. It, it was it, it wasn't a train it was track. A road. It You're was right, a road right. in the middle of nowhere. But it had a tunnel that like imitated as a, a tr- yeah. I get it. I yeah, know I you're guess. talking about now. Yeah, you know, but uh, like she's super badass. I love her. Yeah. I love her character. Um, but you know, Naruto just does not have useful female characters. I'm not gonna say they don't have good female characters. There are a few in there. In terms of usefulness, there's very few. And this is a problem that is luckily being like kind of phased out with all the next gen animes. Um, and one thing I noticed is there's like no maybe I'm not maybe I'm just not watching our anime. There's like no female protagonist that I can think of in the mainstream. I, I would argue with Demon Slayer, that's probably as no, far as, as far no, as my, listen, no. No, no, no. as far as my knowledge, that's the closest. I'm not gonna say it's solely about Nezuko, but when it comes to all the attention, the fact that it's put on both of them, you know, that's you know that's where I'm coming from on, as the closest to a female protagonist. I'm not giving you that. The first season, Nezuko did nothing but hide in the box, nearly but, kill Tanjiro, and. 
uh, like, I, okay, there was one fight. There was one fight where she was pretty helpful against, I think, the swamp demon who, like... It wasn't could... the swamp. It was the spider. Spider. Ru- uh, oh, fuck. Re- I can't uh, believe I forgot about that. Not the fight before this. This was the fight before this one. There was, like, demon... Oh, the demon one, two, and three. When they're with the little girls. They're kidnapping little girls. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Not but, yeah, no, against... Yeah, against the... Uh, the spider demon, yeah, you are right. Or I don't think he was a spider demon. He he had a spider, like a spider web. He had like spider uh, webs, but yeah. there was an actual demon who was just a spider yeah. head, and or he's just a head and like spider legs. But um, you got to look at it this way, you know. Into you know the main the main objective of the story was not only to wipe out every demon in existence and kill Kibutsuji, but it's also to get Nezuko back in a human form. So yeah, that's what like you know I'm gonna you know exaggerate this. I'm not saying it's all about Nezuko, but when it comes to focusing on a female character, that's the closest we're gonna get to a protagonist. I think that's just sad because like I think there are there's so many animes where I see such amazing female characters that could be the protagonist. Like (laughs) I no no I'm not giving Mikasa's Mikasa is. As a character, she's badass, but she's yeah. not interesting. Her whole thing is, I love Aaron. I just want to be with Aaron. That's literally it. She's not... A, other on. than while that, we're on this topic, she's I not wanna, interesting. I want to ask you while we're on this topic. Because I know they specified in the show. Sorry if it's, this is a spoiler if you watch this far, you know, if you watch that far in the show. But um, I know they did specify in the show that her love for Aaron is not so much of like romantic major major spoilers by the way um just so you know um it's not so much romanticism it's more of like i love you as a brother you know you grew up with me you know i feel like i'm related to you i know they spent you know they they implied that in the show but i still personally feel like you know they belong with each other no it's so again spoiler warning for those in the manga no don't get too far in the manga I haven't read. I I don't know how far you know I've read. Don't be don't be like uh, don't right, be like some right. people. I forgot. I forgot. Don't worry. I'm trying to think if this is like a spoiler. Um. Because you watch you you're up to date with the anime, so you saw the part where he uh he told he, her off. Basically yeah, he called her a beat slave. The, beat the shit out of a uh, Armin. Yep. A little fucking shit. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, I'll be honest. I I, w- I was very surprised when I saw that scene. I was not expecting. Oh uh, no, we all. Uh, well, I wasn't obviously as a manga reader. That is, Listen I was up to, to date. Guy. Listen to this. But guy. uh, when you read it, you were surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Caught me <laughs> off guard. But knowing how it ended, it actually makes perfect sense to me why he did that. But you know, I won't leave. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, but for those who have finish reading it they know exactly what i'm talking about but um with the, I, it's hard to keep up with the manga um just because even at the towards the end of the show they left aaron's intentions so open-minded you don't know what side he's on and as far as what i've read in the manga you know i truly you know we get to truly see what aaron's intentions are but you know you really depends on how you look at it you know whether or not it's you know, for um, what is it, Eldia, or for, for Marley? Yeah, for El. Uh, what do you mean for Marley? 
Well, because or no, not Marley. Because the I about to say Zeke's he... original plan was to euthanize everybody, so everybody's Eldians, right? Was it to euthanize or it was to euthanize? I thought so he was just, like no... sterilize. Same same difference. No, it's I not. Say, euthanizing I'm pretty, is putting people positive. that is killing people. Sterilizing is just preventing no, them from I, reproducing. I, I sw- you read the manga. They they use the word euthanize. It's to cut off the the reproduction of ah. you know new babies, so that way. Uh, We're looking this up. This is gonna get on my nerves. You know, eventually all the Marleans will die off, and the only people left are Eldians. Yeah, put a living being, especially a dog or cat, to death humanely. So euthanizing yeah, I, is dude, putting people to death. I swear to God, in the show and the manga, they use the word euth- euthanization plan. Well, well, we're looking we it a, up right now. Just to, we got just a two thousand dollar computer in front of us. We can look this up. We're we're looking this up just to you know just to see who just to see who's right. Pride is a huge thing for me, so I'm gonna be right. Where is it? Get get one of the mangas. Give me the manga while you talk. <laughs> Which one do you want? The first one, <laughs> because the first one is uh, when Yelena was talking to Mikasa when they're imprisoned. Control F. Let's and that's not here. a that's not a spoiler for her. Those of you who didn't read the manga, that was in the show. Damn, he's right. Fuck. You, hey, see, I was yeah. See, it may it. not be the definition, but that's the way they use it in the show. <sighs> but am I right though? Their original plan was to euthanize all the people so that all the Marleans would eventually die off. Um, therefore, they can't be reproduced. And then all that's left are the Eldians. So that oh, way, wait. technically, You're... everybody's equal. There's no, oh, you know, spawn of the devil. Yeah. Like, that was Zeke's plan, right? Yeah. Um Oh, so you don't know if so what you're saying you don't know if Aaron's siding with Zeke or for Paradise or Paradise. Well, I know, I know. Okay, I know. I don't want to say anything that's in the manga. I know where Aaron stands, but the way they describe it in the manga, it's so open ended on whether or not it's for you know the people of Marley that are trying to follow the euthanization plan, or more for um, Paradise Island. It can it can literally go both ways on how you look at it. Yeah, they they kept it open because you know for, what what he wants to you know what he wants to do with the whole entire world is that for the sake of everybody, for the sake of him, for the sake of Paradis, for the sake of nobody, you know. For all we know, that that plan can go haywire, you know, backfire. This isn't much of a spoiler, but like um, the ending of Attack on Time was very controversial. For a lot of reasons, how but did, how did the show end? He gets his arm bitten off, right? By the jaw. The show—it's left off on a cliffhanger for season four. When they're walking out on the castle tariff, right? Yeah, it's Peak and Gabby. Yes. Um, he—it's Peak, Gabby, Aaron. They walk on top of like I think one of the walls or something. And, and then he's like, "So who's the traitor?" And then Peak yeah, and then points Peak at points at him, which is a very badass scene, by the way. That I was loved it. Super. Badass. And then I think Porco the. Uh, Jaw, jaw titan time. comes up and he eats both of his legs and is and he doesn't he take his arm does he take i don't know i want to say his he arm. Took, it doesn't matter honestly yeah, it doesn't matter but he takes both of the legs for sure um but and then it just uh, aaron no aaron transformed into his attack titan form and then that's when you saw all the the giant zeppelins yeah from marley right. with and then it cuts God, to uh i'm getting like goosebumps it cuts the uh reiner 
who's about to suit yes. up, you know, do his like jumping out Being the hole. Being like, oh, get ready to get Zephyr fucked thing. on. Yeah. And let me tell you, um, very interesting fight. Taylor, you are going to be enthralled when it gets animated. Let me tell you. Oh, I know. I oh. But the ending was very controversial. Um, but it the more like I ponder and like think about it, the more I kind of open up to it because I was very negative on it. But the more it makes sense to me, given the circumstances, because one thing we forget is that Aaron is only like 19 after this little bit of time skip. Is he? I thought he was younger than that. Uh, No, I'm pretty sure he's 19 or he's 18 or 19. Okay. He's not even 21 years old yet. And like, imagine this. You're asked at 19, 18 years old to determine the fate of an entire, like your home island. Like, you know, all he knows is Paradise and the the Marleyans. And he's seen negatives. He's seen the worst of the worst from both sides. Yeah. And he's being told, you know, from Zeke, basically, that the fate of the world rests in your hands. It's really what you want to do. And this was something that a lot of people get on. But, yeah, I remember this kid is a kid. He's literally not even fully developed in terms of brain function and, like, his brain is not fully developed his he's not even close to maturity and and that part actually hit me that was one of the few times reading a manga that hit me because it felt obviously that that weight and that cir- those circumstances were not upon me but having that kind of pressure on you to perform stuff or perform things that were that felt impossible was something that i have felt myself um, one of those very things that that I felt were very similar was parents, you know, harping on you. At least my parents did on what you want to do after high school. I'm still having that happen to me. Well, like the, I think this is it, it. I understand it, and I don't. Right? Like my dad doesn't want me to be some sort of just bum who is living on his mom's couch for his whole life. I get that. Yeah, but I think we all do. That. How can an an adult genuinely expect a child who's still developing, trying to figure out himself to actually know what he wants to do for the next 60, like 50, 60 years of his life? That's a lot of pressure to put on someone, Yep. Um, you know, and I think especially the and this is the one thing that really made me disappointed when it came to, you know, how life works. The, with the w- way the school system works, you're so babied all 12 years, you know. I, you know, you can look at it as it's a miniature job. You have to dedicate eight hours every day, five days a week going to this place. But you really, you know, I don't know if I can speak for everybody, but we didn't really have much freedom. It was always, you know, do this task. You know, we got to do task, 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 task. Yeah. But, you know, when you get out of high school, you know, you're just kind of left empty handed, you know, you gotta, you gotta find your way to, you know, on what you want to do and you gotta, you know, figure out how to do it. Whereas, um, with school, they babied you. Yeah. This is how you do this. This that's, is how you do this. That's a few, one of like my few problems with the way high school is, is that it feels like it's not very conducive to the real world. There's a lot of things that, and I know this is like a constant meme or joke, 
like, oh, high school never taught me how to do taxes, but, you know, and look how important they are in life. But that genuinely is something that they should teach you. Yeah. You know? 100%. And don't get me wrong. I can give a pass to the few teachers that are. I had an econ teacher. I cannot remember his name, but I love this guy. Claus. He was great. Mr. Claus. Or Mr. Claus. Yes, because he actually went over that with us. You know, he's like, 100%. I'm going to teach you guys how to do your W-4s and your W-2s because they're very important in life. You know, he said, I know it's not part of the curriculum, but I think this is a very important skill that you guys need to learn growing up. And those kind of teachers are absolutely amazing. I love people like that who take extra time out of their day, out of their lesson plan to help us actually develop real world skills. Because let's be honest, we take things like algebra two, chemistry, physics, you know, and some of y'all may even take AB classes, you know, but not a majority of us aren't going to use any of the knowledge we learned in that class. There are so many of us who are going to go into a trade that has nothing to do with algebra has nothing to do with needing to write, like knowing how to write an essay, you know? That's why I think English is something that should be kind of revamped. I understand like having people like write essays and help develop your, you know, their liter not literature, their, um, what am I thinking? Their writing skills and all this stuff, their grammar and all that. Communication. But I think, yeah, communication. But, well, I don't even say it's communication. Like you're not communicating writing on an essay. Well, I, you're learning. You're learning various skills, you know. You're learning how to research. You're learning how to but, um, um, paraphrase and all stuff. But I think you can learn all that by like ninth or tenth grade, and then yeah, maybe offer communication classes. They well, do no, that in college. When it comes a major. to communication, you know, I don't know if they did this in your English classes or if it was just mine. But we had seminars, you know. We but you had Mr. We, Brown, right? For like I think eleventh grade or twelfth. Brown. It was. Um, God, I can't remember. I can't remember her name right now, but, you know. Was it we, the we, freshman? No. Uh, Mrs. Trout? No. Oh, Mrs. McGill. No. What? This was senior year. I don't know if I keep talking about, bro. Uh, anyways, we had these seminars um, where we, you know, we were given a topic and we just had to give our opinion. And, you know, as much as I hated the teacher for doing it, I appreciated them forcing everybody to talk. I remember my senior year, we literally got in a circle uh, with our desk and um, she went one by one, you know, give your opinion, give your opinion. Real quick, did you take English 12 or ERWC? ERWC. Okay, good. Uh, I was wondering. That class Um, genuinely, I felt like I actually learned a lot more in that class than I did the last two years English. Yeah. It felt like they actually taught me stuff. Maybe that was just Mrs. Trout. Who, you know, God bless her soul. That woman's a goddamn saint. She had no, she did not need to help me to the extent that she did. Um, but I felt like I genuinely actually learned. I felt like I could actually feel and like read. And when I read my essays over, it felt like they had improved so dramatically compared to like the jump in the improvement that I made from 10th to 11th or like freshman year to 10th grade. And it was insane. This just show, goes to show you that I think, honestly, as you progress throughout high school and college, the well, maybe not college, but at least through, like, you know, K through 12, it feels like the higher you go up, the more the teachers care. 100%. And don't get me wrong. Elementary school teachers obviously care about your development and all that, but they don't have 
you know, and this was coming. So as someone who is the son of a, a teacher, you know, I have a little bit of insight of how it works and, you know, uh, what you would call it? Uh, why can't they elementary school teachers? They care, but they don't get in depth on anything. They're not designed to specialize necessarily in any level of any part of education. They just want they just give you a general overview of everything. Well, I, I feel like a, a maturity level has a lot to do with that just because, you know, when you are that young. Um, yeah, you're all over you the know, place. You're bouncing around. Yeah, you're, you're, just you're fucking, thinking about anything and everything. You you're know? just fucking, especially as like a young, young, you know, young boys out there fucking full of energy, yep. just fucking bouncing off the goddamn walls. You can't get them to sit straight. Everyone nowadays is ADHD or ADD, which is pretty yeah. cool. And like, you know, when it when it came, you know. I'm going to say this with high school, I feel like, you know, that's where you develop, you know, what you have an interest in. Um, and, you know, you, ha- you definitely have more freedom to follow that when it comes to taking classes. Um, but when, you know, when you are younger, yeah, you have interest, but that changes so much. So no, when you're young, yeah, especially like middle school, when you're going yeah. through puberty and your fucking hormones are all out of whack and you're, you know, you're trying to figure out what looks good on you, what kind of hair you want, what kind yeah. of lifestyle you want. One thousand percent. And yeah, it isn't really until high school that you at least begin the early stages of developing your personality. I think high school, the start of high school, I'd say like the first year and a half is maybe where you begin to, uh, you know, become yourself, who you want to be. And then the last year and a half is really like kind of where you slightly start to harden a bit until that personality, to that mold. Um but there are plenty of people who don't have that stage where they really, you know, really become that person that they want to be. You know, I know a lot of college students who change um, because of college and during that time. And there's a lot to do with the way that college is and, you know, the way that the amount of freedom you have. I think freedom is a very important thing during your development. You know, that freedom to go and experiment on what you like and you know, what really drives you, which is something that like I kind of was deprived of a bit. I didn't necessarily, I lived, a, I like, don't get me wrong. I, I've lived a relatively very great life. You know, I've been upper middle class for most of my life, but I was never given a lot of freedom to really explore my, like myself and what I, who I wanted to be. I was constantly told what I should be rather than developing my own personality. And now I'm 19 years old. And, you know, I graduated at 17, took basically two years off college to kind of find myself. I didn't really do much. That was mostly just working and trying to accrue some money, you know. But I think that's very important to someone's development is having that freedom necessary to develop. Because you can you can force someone to try to take on the personality or the work ethic or the style or whatever it is that you want them to. But in the end, once they get that freedom to do what they want, there's no guarantee that that's going to stick. And you might just end up doing more damage than good, which I think is the case with my dad. He thought that constantly getting on me about college and stuff and constantly reminding me that like, you know, and some people find it's fucked up. But ever since I was about 11 years old, he told me you're getting kicked out at 18. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. That's just how some households are. Yeah. And, you know, I empathize with that a bit because his youngest brother didn't move out until he was 33 years old. Yep. Um, 
you know, and that's not something to be proud of either. Absolutely not. No, you know, luckily he's fixed it around, you know, he's turned it around, but you know, he doesn't live an immaculate life. You know, he's a truck driver, you know, fucking lonely, fucking driving trucks across the country. It's not exactly a, uh, uh, an ideal career to look up to or be very you know, proud of, but it's what he could do. Like he get, um, what he could, uh, you know, acquire himself, you know, with, the felonies that he has but my dad had some not necessarily ptsd but some you know sort of he, emotional background yeah he he didn't really w- want to see that for my for his son yeah and so he really got on me he's like you know you're either going to college or military and you're getting kicked out at 18 so you better be wise on what you pick and obviously he wanted me to pick the military i feel you like know. that's the safest route it absolutely is but you know, and no offense to all those who have um, are in the military. I will always be immensely grateful for those who are in service. One thousand um, percent. But it just wasn't for me. I don't want to sign away three, four years of my life. You know, even if I am getting guaranteed housing and all that, I don't want to go to a country that I don't think that we, you know, that is worth giving my life over. I don't want to run that risk of losing my life for a cause I don't believe in, you know? And so I just didn't think that it was worth it to me, even with everything, especially when he came back from deployment after his third deployment. I think that was in Kosovo. And he had supposedly gotten injured by that. I mean, he, like, fucking tweaked a thumb. But, you know, when it comes to the, uh, what you call, what are they called? The VA, the Veterans Affair, they don't fucking look into that shit. Um, and so they basically gave me and my brothers um, tuition-free college. And that's when I was like, well, yeah, I guess I'm going to school then. You know? Um, I do want to backtrack a little bit on when it comes to, like, you know, developing, you know, what you want to do with your life. Um, I do want to I do want to say this. And I, you know, I was very opinionated on this through high school, too. I feel like they need to provide more when i say open-minded classes more career-based you know obviously you have you know science uh math you know for engineering you know you know scientist doctor all that but like you know for those careers you know first thing that comes to mind is mechanic my mom was a a, a cosmetologist uh, when my sister went to our same school when she was going, they had cosmetology classes for people who wanted to become a cosmetologist. Well, that's that's very interesting you say that because that's how schools used to be. They used to have yeah. an, a, like a, I don't know what they call it, like mechanics class, like, I don't know, like I, auto I do shop. Remember, yeah. or like I remember something. there were classes where yeah. you can take in your own car and they would show you how to work yeah, on it. You, or like they'd have like shitty cars for you to fix up. Exactly. And, sh- and they um, had stuff like that similar, like stage tech kind of was like that. Yes, um, it was I feel like st- stage tech is a prime example of a class I feel like is very helpful. I saw so many people, and for those who don't know what stage tech is, it's pretty much um, we pretty much would go and work on a lot of the setups that get that are involved in plays and you football know, stadiums, games, pep anything that had like was a public event that required the audio and speakers and yes. microphones and you know um, what is it what are they called 
not pyrotechnics. We would never work on that shit, but lighting. like lighting, you know, lighting rigs and all that stuff. We would work on it. The technical it, terms too. It's not just how to work it. You, no, you know, it, he, it was. He really, our teacher really drill, drilled it in our mind to know the terms when it comes to the stage. Yeah, no, Mister Carey's a fucking goat. I that dude, man. I love him, man. I love that man. He he called me a monkey and like didn't even like second guess it. I <laughs> loved it. Everyone's like, you can't can't call him that. You know, he's black. You can't say that. And that's when he was like, oh. Uh, and he kind of like backtracked, kind of like backpedaled on that. <laughs> it was but, very um, interesting. That man had no filter at all. I fucking But no, him. with that class, like, you know, obviously it's not for everybody. So if, you know, if it doesn't interest you, obviously don't take it. But um, it definitely showed you a lot of essentials that can help you out in life. It you was know, a he, very. He taught us how to, as sad as it sounds, he taught us how to properly cut wood, how to properly drill you know how to properly hammer stuff together so that way it doesn't fall apart on us you know come the yeah, final product right. yeah you don't ruin the wood or anything exactly you know don't do this when you're sawing otherwise you're going to cut off your finger yeah, um, no he and, taught us like actual constructive skills that would help in a trade and that was what that class was more i think for was for the those kids who wanted to go into a trade yep and it was perfect for that i mean you know um we had a few friends you know like m um who you know, and not the not the same M we were talking about before. The other one, um, who's in the Discord, you know yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah, he absolutely loved that class, and he thrived in it because that was his thing. He's a, you know, he was just more of a kind of like a blue collar work kind of guy. You know, I'm pretty sure he even works on like a farm now. So, no, you're thinking really... of, you're thinking of uh, Jay. Am I? Mm-hmm. You're um, who you're thinking about? He's a he's becoming an EMT. Oh, no, we're thinking of the same person. I thought oh, he... Oh, dad. Yeah. You're such, you're such a dad. No, he's becoming an EMT. Um, okay. The other, the guy who you're thinking is blue collar is Jay with the Bronco. Mm, okay. Did burnouts in the parking lot. I don't know if you remember that. I don't really, but, you know, after this is, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll talk about it. Because I actually, I am kind of intrigued. I can't believe I had to get my friends mixed up. But, but um... Uh, you know, when, when, you know, back on the whole high school needing more open-minded classes. Real, real quick, if you don't mind me oh, yeah, adding, yeah. I was going to add, like, I when you said open-minded, I thought you things meant, like, think, like mm, I thought you meant things like philosophy. Or, no, like, because no, no. I, I, mean, I love philosophy class for at least my think, college class. I don't even I love think our it. high school had philosophy. I feel like that's a great class. It had speech and debate. I love philosophy, man. It's so amazing. Just, it really helps develop critical thinking skills, too, especially when you're presented with these really just, like, Cause that's like Difficult a to process, uh, that's like a key skill to into like you know therapy, right? And not necessarily therapy. Um, I like I said, the critical thinking was something that is very much needed and developed with that class because you're presented with a lot of philosophical, obviously philosophical arguments and debates that are relatively impossible to truly settle on a side because both sides have both positive and negatives yeah um and it, it's just really intriguing i think it's something that could really intrigue you know high school kids because you genuinely have to really think about you know these scenarios and stuff you know like one of the ones that i like is i believe it's the men in a cave so you have like it doesn't matter like four guys in a cave they're chained to the cave there's a fire behind them, so, and are we talking like a campfire or not or a fire. fire? I think there's a fire, and then there's 
the entrance of the cave. I think I might, I might be butchering this, but I, I'm along the same vein. There are people or creatures who will pass by the cave, the entrance of the cave, and you'll see they'll see their shadows on the wall. Yeah. And so their whole lives, all they have seen are these shadows passing the walls. One day, doesn't matter who, a random man unlocks them and tells them, brings them outside and tells them, this is the real world. This is, you know, what you've been seeing this whole time. And in the video I think I watch, they reject this. They say, no, this is not real life. What we see on the wall is real because that's what they have the reference to. That's all they've yeah. seen. That's all they know, you know? And it's stuff like that where it's like, well, really, what is real? Because what's real to them is not real to us. What they're seeing is just nothing but shadows on a wall. That, but that's what they know to be reality. They don't know of the outside world. It doesn't exist to them. Or it's not that it doesn't exist. I think it's like, I don't know, I guess it'd just fantasy. be like an illusion or a fantasy. What yeah. they believe to be the reality of the world is the shadows that pass them every day. That's what is real to them. And it's stuff like that. I but probably butchered that very horribly. But it's stuff like that that really gets me intrigued in philosophy because it's like, well, how do you argue with them? How do yeah. you tell them that that's not like real because that's they what grew they grew up their whole by. life doing it? Yeah, it's how they certain you know, not necessarily survive, but it, it's how it's all they saw, it's all they heard, it's the only thing that their senses picked up on. That's like you know, you know it's it's you know. It, as an example, that's like being told as a kid, you know, apples are green. It, you know, it comes off as red, but, you know, when you're a kid, before, you know, we're talking before you understand what the color red is or what it looks like. If you're told this apple is green and you're being showed a red apple and you be told that all your life and then some random guy comes up to you, be like, you know, you want a red apple? He goes, no, that's a green apple. It's, you know, it's one of those things. Yeah, I mean, if you've been fed some sort of information or your senses have, you know, you know, all you've seen are green apples or what you've been told is red is green, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what you're going to you know to be reality. And when someone tells you otherwise, it's going to be hard to believe them because, you know, you grew up all your life thinking, you know, one way and you're being told it's the other way. Mm. That, that, that's like just one, that's like one of the basic, like, lessons of philosophy that i yeah. think would really help you know kids today because it, would, I, it would definitely help them mature too i feel like not saying it would they absolutely need help to be mature but um no, it would it definitely help in the process of maturing it absolutely like kind of puts you in your place to realize just how dumb you are compared to these fucking genius philosophers and really open your eyes to the grand scheme of things because one of the things that he talked about which was very interesting my professor my philosophy professor was Philosophy is kind of the gateway to all of the, you know, sciences and language, not necessarily languages, um, but like a lot of the science, sciences that we have. Uh, for example, you know, philosophy is what introduced the idea of there being a, you know, not a higher power, but there being something beyond the stars. There's something more to those stars and such that we see in the sky. And thus, um, astronomy was invented uh, because of that it derives from it and what's interesting is that nowadays it seems like science and philosophy are rather against one another rather than um coexisting with one another like they should because again and he had a point you know when you actually do the research a lot of the sciences 
all derive from philosophy. The reason why we cut up animals and study their biology is because what we want to see, what makes them so different from us? Why are they different than us? So we cut them open to study them, see how their organs work compared to ours. Why are the stars so weird? Why do they shine bright? You know, all of this stuff you're asking is philosophical questions. Yeah. It's really just questioning life around you. That's, I mean, that's the basis of philosophy, but it's so subjective because, you know, reality isn't the same for everyone. It's really, it's different for every person on this planet. You know, my reality is this upper middle class living with air conditioning and, you know, clean water and food. But for some kid in Africa, their reality is having to hunt for their food and having to walk three, four miles to the nearest river or lake for their water. And that's what they know to be, that's what they, that's all they know to be the real world. Yeah. You know, they don't know of houses. They live in huts and reality is just a lot more subjective than what people think. So it's just because we're very, we're very close minded beings just naturally. I do want to, I do want to steer back to the classes. Um, Yeah, I know we went on a bit of a tangent there. One, you know, one, one reason why. I would, you know, I would understand why not to introduce, you know, certain types of classes like how we talked about the the mechanic class with bringing in your car is, you know, safety. Yeah, no, it's a safety hazard. I would argue, and I'm not, I can't speak for all schools because not all classes are the same. But with stage tech, we could have easily had our heads cut off with that class if if you know shit, shit were to hit the fan. So I feel like when it comes to safety, that shouldn't be the main concern. You know, obviously, you know, the teacher has only so much responsibility and control over our actions. But as a kid, it's our responsibility to follow instructions. You know, just so, um, you know, shit doesn't hit the fan. And, yeah, it, it you know, it's... I'm going to say that would be another factor to us maturing because I can probably speak for, you know, everybody in the world when you're. You know, when you see something cool that you want to touch and you're being told not to touch it, you want to touch it. But you got to you got to have that self-control to listen to the person and not touch it. Yeah, it's I mean, it, there's a there's a good and a bad to this, right? You know, like I love the idea of kids learning how to you know work on cars, learning the general uh, the general like know-hows and the general information on cars so that they can properly take care of them and know how to fix basic problems. But it is put, it's, I think the two biggest reasons that schools don't have these classes any longer is that the big one for me is probably budget. It's just too expensive. Not only do you have to have a new, you have to hire new teachers and, you know, probably new aides because I, doubt that the teachers by themselves could run these classes and have it be 100 percent safe but you'd have to you'd have to pay for all the equipment you'd have to source and fund all like the drills and the wrenches and the car jacks and all this stuff tires and you know and that's just now this is talking specifically about the uh the i don't know i guess it'd be shop class um but yeah like a wood shop is it what shop? I thought yeah. that was shop. I thought shop was just called. That's what it was called for like cars and stuff. Okay, like yeah. a mechanic class, yeah, mechanical yeah. class, or anything like that. But like, that's just that's just an example for that. You know, I can imagine why, um, you know, budget reasons 
for budgetary reason, it's not conducive to the students necessarily education. And it's not really because let's be honest, high school is high schools obviously want us to rather go to college, right? I feel like that's the you know that's their main that's what prerogative got in my mind. Yeah, it's you know you you should go to college after high school, you know, and it's I think it's a dangerous way of thinking because there are so many useful and a very amazing and well-paying trades that people don't ever think of because you're constantly being drilled in the to mind go to, the best to go college and not just any college. You got to go to the best, yep. you know, you got to study for your SATs because you need to get, you know, a 1650 so you can get into Harvard. Um, and it, it, it does create not necessarily toxic mindset, but it creates a very immature mindset that 100%. it's either college or bust. Yeah, that's it. That's if I don't go to I college, stand in high I'm a failure. And it's weird because the older generation, a lot of, you know, there's a, a very healthy amount of them that are blue collar workers. Yep. So I'm really surprised that they don't, you know, ask their kids about going to blue collar work, you know, but at the same time, I get it because as a parent, one of the few things you always want for your children is to have a better life than what you had. Even if you're a millionaire, you want your kid to be a billionaire. You want him to live even better, him or her, to live even better than what you did. Um, but um, I do think that schools are very sometimes close mind, uh, close-minded in that they should offer a lot more classes than what they do. I don't understand why they got rid of like home ec. Oh my you god! You know they yeah. used to teach you. They used to teach kids you baking. Be, yeah, like general house, general the skills around the house. Was it just was it just cooking and stuff, or was there other part? I know cooking baking, was the biggest portion. Yeah, but like yeah, they taught you so much stuff to like so that you could you know make decent dishes and you know how to take you, care of uh, how to do like how to become the next Gordon Ramsay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, to a certain extent. I mean. Uh, it takes quite some skill to be like that. <laughs> Trust me, I know. I can't even cook fucking rice, man. I had to um, show this guy how to cook rice. It was pretty funny. F- 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 you know, uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anyone by saying I'm, you know, kind of fucking slow a bit. But, uh, yeah, I think we should bring back stuff like that. It really would help people just develop a general all-around skill set that's very conducive to life, you know, because... I, you know, I don't know who needs to be told this, but high school is nothing like real life. Nope. I feel bad for everyone that thinks it is because it is not. It is the farthest thing from reality, at least in America, because as soon as you get out of high school, college gets significantly fucking harder. High school was supposed to prepare us. I don't feel like it prepared me for shit in college. Nope. Like the professors are so fucking chill. And the work is like double the it's double the fucking effort and the time and you're and, not babied. That's all it is. You're not Oh babied. no, you're absolutely you yeah, are you either just you get a bunch of shit thrown at you and you're told to do it. They don't tell you how to like, do it, they just tell you to do it. No, they're literally like you sign up for this class. If you care to pass, you'll figure out how to do it. If not, then don't do it. And I'll just drop you from the course. Yep. And you know, it's it's a fucking it's a 
very cruel not cruel let me, let me not change it. i think it's a great actually i think it's a great thing it's a very it's harsh necessary it's a very harsh reality that people have to come to terms with because i think college separates those who have not just a plan but just like strong wills because those who have weak wills and just don't have the drive aren't gonna make it nope. i know this because i'm one of those people you know I have, there's very few things in life that drive me. College is not one of them. I have no want and, you know, I have no want or desire to get a college degree. I'm just doing it because, you know, it makes pretty damn good money. Oh, man. But uh, we've been talking for about an hour and 40 minutes. You know, I don't know if you want to do a little bit of a wrap up or anything because I'm you know, I think I think for the audience we should keep these under two hours. Yeah, I um, feel like with our uh, unofficial episode that went on for like it was way too long. Might as well round up to three hours. You know that it, that was it definitely was unnecessary. Way too fucking long. You know, so we're we're probably gonna wrap it up here, guys. This is the first official episode, like we said. You know, and um, just thank you to everyone who listened, and. I am. We are hoping to continue to be doing this. Um, we might be changing things up potentially. When he says changes things up, we're gonna try different things to see what is more fit for us and or more entertaining for you guys. It. Yeah. You know, we might we might even add a third co-host uh, just to get a third some, opinion. Get a third opinion, add some energy. I know we're not the most energetic or most entertaining people on the planet. Very far from it. Um, you know, at least I don't know about Taylor. I, I know we're I, I know I know myself pretty well, so I know I can be I can ramble on, I can, you know, not say anything coherent or anything that makes any sense and just generally be not funny very at a lot of times. Um, so we're we're prone to changes right now, but right now we think that we're getting better. I definitely think this is a huge um, what's what I'm up, looking for? Like step up, yeah, a, a from huge, step, our a huge last improvement episode. from last, uh, yeah. Which I mean, it was the reason we did the unofficial first episode. It was kind of a feel for to, the water, a way to test what our skills are at. Yep. This, this this does feel like an improvement and hopefully to all those listening it is an improvement you know it's not as grating on the fucking eardrums to listen to us um, but we're gonna wrap it up here thank you to everyone who watched thank you to everyone who is um, sharing this with others if you are we appreciate any feedback uh, we do have our instagrams linked in the description of the vi- of the uh, podcast so if you want to leave any feedback if you want to fucking call me an ape you want to just you know do whatever ramble i don't care you know feel free me and taylor's uh account tell are us open. Uh, tell us we sound ugly you know just tell us anything i don't care man and- tell me <laughs> tell me you're gonna fuck my mom i don't care uh but Please yeah we're gonna say wrap- that to me <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get more into the reason why later on but yeah thank you to all that listened and that is about it we'll see you guys next time and thank you